Yo, we're live and we're live. Welcome to the to the Diran Diran Cartel Show. Three, two, one, and welcome to episode forty five. And again, I am on my own. And today is the very, very, very not even last full day. It is exactly. Two, three hours. I'm three hours away from walking out of this room, and I have spent two whole weeks in this room on my own. And fucking hell, it's been a mad time. It's been crazy, man. Sorry, I'm just sipping on my coffee as well. I'm just enjoying this last bit of instant coffee. Mmm. I didn't slurp. <laughs> I just did then to show you an example. That was stupid. Anyway, um, instant coffee isn't that bad, actually. I mean, I like it. I mean, it's better than it's better than Pret coffee, right? Or the, it's, you know what's crazy? Like, I think Pret coffee is shit, but I still go and buy it. I don't know why. Their Wi-Fi is pretty good, so it's always it's always handy and easy go to. Anyway, last few hours, fuck, what a ride it's been. Feel a, I feel a little bit weird. If I'm being honest, I kind of a lot's happened in two weeks here. I've probably accomplished more in this two weeks in this fucking room. Sorry, I keep swearing. I'm in like this weird mixed mad emotion sort of state. I've accomplished more in these two weeks than probably over the last few months, like three, four months. It's mad how when you're forced to be in a situation, you adapt. You either crumble or you adapt. You know, you adapt, you survive, or the opposite way. And I'd like to think I'm quite disciplined, and I like to think I'm quite strong-minded. Sorry, nearly burped. I did burp. Um, so I think that's why I did good. And to be honest, a lot of people said to me, "Darren, you're a really social guy. Like, what?" You would not survive in there, Darren. You're so social. Like, everywhere you go, you talk to people. Everywhere you go, you always got interaction with people. You always know someone when you go somewhere because you're so talkative and all of this and all of that. But I think people don't, a lot of people didn't realize this. I mess around a lot on socials. <clears throat> I mess around in person because I, I just have a good time, just about good energy, good vibes. But when it comes down to work and when it comes down to like, working hard, I'd do it because number one, I guess I learned that discipline from my mom. My mom is the most disciplined person. My grandparents are very disciplined as well. They pretty much worked and were so active until my granddad passed away. Like I know my mom's got discipline from my granddad. I know I got my personality from my dad. My dad's disciplined as well when he has to be, but my mom's just discipline level is a whole different level. And I've definitely seen that from my mom, especially when it comes to discipline with something that I love doing, which is why I'm also so thankful to do what I do today. I'm thankful. I feel blessed, but I also I'm very aware that I created that for myself, which I think people need to do more often. Anyway, that's a whole different fucking topic. But a lot of people said to me, yeah, you won't survive. And I was like, listen, bruv, don't don't test me, yeah? You don't you don't have the facilities for that, big man. I have the facilities for that. And I told him, I was like, and I said, listen, as soon as I get on that flight in the UK, I'm going to fucking take over. I'm like, 2021, I'm just going to 
hit it hard on the head. I don't care about COVID this, COVID that, yeah. I'm going to do what I can. Well, obviously, if I get COVID, I can't for two, three weeks. But anyway, I said I'm going to do what I can. And I feel like I really did. I tried to make the most out of what I could in this room. And I also decided that I'm going to do this once a year. Not exactly lock myself up in a room with no air. What I'm going to do is go somewhere completely on my own. Completely on my own. Sorry, I'm just looking out the window for you guys watching on YouTube. And there's a cat literally hanging from a balcony. And I'm like, the fuck? Are you going to jump? What's going on? Can you just move back so I can not have anxiety? Um... Oh, she's gone back in, thank fuck. Or he, I don't know. I don't know why you assume cats are like girls and dogs are like boys. I don't know, did anyone else think that when they were younger? Maybe just me. Anyway, um, I achieved a lot in this room, right? I said, and this is what I did. I hit over 140,000 steps in there. Over 140,000 steps. I gained 35,000 followers. That's huge. Over the last year, I gained like 40,000 people on my social media. Not that like it's really important, but with what I do, it, it kind it's important. If, they, if I've got more people watching, more people see my, um, my message, you know? So I gained nearly the amount that I did over the last year in two weeks in this room. Right, and I told myself when I get on that flight, I'm gonna turn up, and I did. Thirty-five thousand new people started following me. I call that ketones. Fuck that bitch up. <laughs> um, not the woman. I'm not talking about the woman. I'm talking about ketones in general. By the way, if I get done for slander or some shit like that, I got over a million views in the videos that I created uh, in here with the social media posts that I did. Way over a million, actually. Um, I trained every single day. I told myself I'm going to make sure I stay active to stay sane. And I did that. And it's kept me sane, which is why I believe it's so important everyone listening to this does some level of activity, whether that is training, walking, dancing, playing with their kids. Like It's so important. I can't stress how important it is. And I know, oh, dear, and Mr. Knee up 24-7 talking about getting active again yeah because like being active like it makes us live longer like it makes us live longer you know and um i just think it's so important and that kept me sane in here that kept my mind ticking that kept me creating ways to become more creative for you guys watching on youtube you'll see um i haven't got a window behind me it's good lighting so the camera's looking into the room and it's not it's not a big room it's really small and every activity i was doing i was walking in and out in and out whatever i can you gotta wash the full cup plate whatever go in wash it bring it back take the knife wash it bring it back take the plate wash it bring it back messaging someone you're on the phone on the phone get your ass up Go up and down until you finish your conversation. Any tasks I can do on the phone and not on my laptop, do it up and walking around, you know? And that made me hit an average, an, a minimum of 10,000 steps a day. And in total, I got about 150,000. Definitely guarantee over 140,000. 
but um, which is over a hundred kilometers in this room. That's pretty mental. I should walk the country or something. I know Ross Edgley swam around it. I should walk around it. At least, um, at least I can story while I'm doing it, you know. Although, oh god, I don't know how he did that. Fucking hell, that looked tough, man. I rate him for it, but oh, I couldn't do anything like that. Could probably walk, probably get plantar fascia after. But anyway, I got on the BBC. I got on the BBC, which is mental. And how I got on the BBC was, and this is why it's so important that we give time to whoever we can. So important that you are nice to people. So important that, yes, be selfish, put yourself first, but help people when you can, you know? And I guess being selfish creates that freedom. But I met this guy about 10 years ago in the gym in Oxford Circus when I was working there. He used to come in every day, jump on the treadmill. And he used to be one of those guys that just walk on the treadmill for, I don't know, 45 minutes, do cardio, go home or whatever. And I used to talk to him all the time. I was intrigued with what he does. He's actually an Australian guy. And he's a journalist. Journalist. Sorry. Was a journalist for BBC. He just flew out to Australia. He's also doing quarantine down the road. Which is mental. He called me. Like before this BBC stuff happened. He showed me his room. He had a living room in his room. And his view was the Harbour Bridge. So. Lucky bugger. He got really lucky there. But um, so I spoke to him. He called me, and I, and I used to chat to him a lot. And this is someone I met a long period. Of, stayed in touch, but kind of stayed in touch. I didn't realize he was so in tune with what I was doing. He called me. He's like, "Hey, Darren, um, have you heard about these? Sorry, I know this is random. I'm calling you, but um, I don't mean to just call you when I need you. But I thought it would be a great opportunity for you, and great for BBC." I was like, "Yeah, what's up?" He goes, "Have you heard these tennis players bitching?" About their situation and all this stuff. I was like, yeah, kind of. He goes, what do you think? I'm like, well, I don't blame them for wanting to want more space. They're here to compete. It's their life. It's their livelihood, right? So I get it. They're usually so free to have the freedom. And now they don't. And they need to train before their competition. But then again, you people Australians don't really show any special... They don't show any special treatment to anyone, which is why one of the reasons I love Australia. And they were like, well, no, it's not going to happen. And I guess this is one of those moments where I think later on they organize something where they get like three, four hours a day outside to train or something like that. Again, which is fair, but again, it's not. It just depends on the scenario. But I was like, he was like, what do you think? I was like, well, to be honest, I mean... They're athletes, they've got coaches, they've got full-time coaches. These are some moments where the coaches have to get creative with their training, so they do well. I mean, you can't really change what's happening, but I said it's also a great excuse to go on to the tournament and smash someone and go, I did 14 days quarantine, and I still fucked you up, man. You know, that sort of attitude. He goes, oh, great. He goes, I'd love to. I'd love for you to um, say this on BBC. And I was like, yeah? I was like, I'll say it, no problem. Um... We well, didn't say I'd love to hear you say this. He was just like, I'd, "Would you like to share op- your opinion?" I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "I'm going to forward your name over to the BBC." He did. BBC rang me up, said, "Hey, Darren, we're going to go live. Would you like to go live on TV in like two hours?" I was like, "Uh, yeah, hundred and fifty fucking percent." Especially when one of my goals this year was like to do to do more to get on TV, right? Which I accomplished there. 
British TV there and BBC World. I didn't realise it was such a big deal until the messages I got after I posted about it, which was mental. I couldn't believe the messages. I was like, shit. And then my manager sent me the statistics of how, who, how many people watch BBC. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, fuck. This was everywhere around the world. This is pretty crazy. You know, it was on BBC News and BBC World. So I was like, oh, my days, this is mental. So then I got excited after. With all that excitement, I couldn't sleep. I had a call with my clients like four hours after. I couldn't like so much adrenaline, I couldn't go to bed. Um, so that happened, which is crazy. You know, and then on top of that, I also got Holly Hagen to come on the episode to talk about all the stuff that happened. Um, anyone that hasn't listened to that yet, that is the episode before this one. That is episode 44. If you haven't yet, go ahead and listen to that. That was a big episode. She was definitely my biggest guest. Um, and the topic itself alone was so powerful. I mean, I called her out for so many years and she responded. And I was like, do you want to have a talk about it on a podcast? And we did. And she knew she was wrong. And she was brave enough to approach me and reply back to my message. The thing people got to understand is the reason I do what I do and guys like James and everyone else in the industry, especially when me and James were making those videos, like we were doing some madness. We've toned it down now because we've grown up, I guess. But we used to do some craziness. And the fact that she replied back to that was brave, very brave, especially talking with someone like me, where I could have put her on the spot if I wanted, could have threw her under the bus if I wanted, be like, okay, so you're training to be a PT now, yeah? So why don't you tell me about this? Like some cunt would have probably said that. Sorry again, I swore again. Sorry, I got excited. But um, she trusted me and she's actually really nice. And hearing it from her side, Hearing her side of the story was very insightful, and I get it. I always did kind of get it, but I got it in more depth now. She was like, Darren, I just fully believed it was working. You know, she was like, I didn't know. She goes, yeah, you're right. It was wrong that I shouldn't have influenced people, but I didn't know. And I could tell it was genuine. So that happened as well, which was such a powerful message in itself, you know, and I feel like that's a big game changer. I feel like me having the guts to message her. Because the thing is, a lot of people, right? I message anyone and I'll discuss anything with anyone openly. I don't have the fear of that rejection, you know? So I don't care if someone says, nah, mate. I'll be like, okay, cool. Well, whatever, innit? I don't care. Like, doesn't make me, doesn't make you a bigger person or doesn't make me any smaller saying, oh, can you come on my podcast? And someone's like, nah, bruv. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I don't care. Like, do you, innit? If anything, it's going to benefit you more, you know? Because... I know everyone that follows me, listens to me, they trust me. And when I have, say, a good op opinion on someone, I know, like, you guys listening will be like, you know what? We trust Diren, so we back Diren up with whatever his opinion is. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not everyone, but I feel like you guys have trusted me, which I love and I appreciate. And anyway, so I asked that, and it went really, really, really well. And all of those crazy things happened. And I had such a high for the last 10 to 12 days, 14 days, sorry. Yesterday or the day before, I think it was, I crashed a little bit. Not crashed, but everything was so high. The DMs were nonstop. The following growing was nonstop. It was unbelievable. Um, the mentions, the likes, the comments, 
all the good things people were saying to me and I was just like, fuck, you know, I'm not even doing anything too crazy. I'm just like doing what I would do in my room, but it's just I'm forced that I can't, I can't force to stay in the room, which kind of forced me to be more creative, you know, and in my own space on my own, you know, a lot of the times when people that do things like me, when we join forces, it's, it helps growth a lot. For example, when me and Paul Lima do videos, it helps his growth, it helps my growth. When I do videos with James, it helps his growth, it helps my growth. Because people like seeing us sort of characters together, you know? So it helps. And the way I did that on my own here, I was like, fuck, this is crazy. And there were so many times where I had to pause and I was like, you know what? For the last year, everyone's been saying... Insta's, there's no growth on Insta. There's no this on Insta. It's all about TikTok. It's all about this. It's all about that. Mate, there is growth in everything as long as you are delivering the right thing. There is growth in everything if you are delivering the right message, if you are positive. And the biggest thing that I saw is that people can see through you and feel that your vibe, whether it's a camera or in person, you know? And I think people genuinely saw that I was like having a good time. If I was faking it, it would be pretty fucking obvious. Do you know what I mean? And like, if I was faking that happiness, those emotions, whatever it was, people would be like, fuck off, dear, and that's fake. You know, I don't believe you. One second, I'm just going to have a sip of this water. I've got to make sure I'm hydrated. I've got jujitsu later, which I cannot wait for. Um, anyway, so yeah. And it just shows there is growth in everything. It's just doing the right things. And when I was in the UK, I was a bit like... It was the longest time I have not traveled, right? I went to Dubai and I went, but it was a lot with, like, as in travel somewhere this far, where when I do these trips, usually these are moments where my brain just sparks. I get creative, I get this, I get that. So that obviously helped. And I'm just absolutely buzzing about it. And today being the last day, I cannot wait to go and fucking take over Sydney, you know? Spice up Sydney. It's going to be a good time. And one of the reasons how I did all of this is I think it's just, I think having that mentality from my dad, I would say, from my dad, you know, we, we worry about what we can't have so much instead of worrying what we can do with the things we have, you know? And I think, I don't want to use this fucking poor card and all this shit, but poor people are happier, man. Like, it's just, <laughs> People that are poor are happier. You know, you go to Bali, you see these poor kids, they're happy with nothing. You go to Turkey, you go to these Kurdish villages, you go here and you go there. You realize people with nothing are happier. They have no stress, although they have nothing. Yes, yet people like us sometimes in the Western world, when we do have nearly all the things that we need to get by, live, survive, eat, be healthy, we're always complaining. We're always complaining. So I just started looking at looking at things with that sort of mentality, you know, and I was like, fuck. Well, I'm in a five-star hotel. It's not like I'm stuck in the trenches in fucking Iraq fighting a war, right? So what I'm doing is not actually like, oh my God, Darren, you're amazing or whatever. But I think more so people were showing love because I was being creative in on my own. I think that was the main reason why people were being like, okay, wow, well done. You know, but it's not like I was, again, in the trenches, in war. But I just forced myself to keep myself busy, 
right? And that's and and it's something anyone can do. Just worry about what you have, what we have, and then just crack on. What I realized more than ever is, fuck, we can all have fun on our own. Yeah, I had an audience on social media, but I was doing that on Snapchat days when I didn't have anyone watching. You know, I was like, you can get creative. You can do whatever you want. You can have fun on your own. And whether you have one view, two view, or whatever it is, there is always people watching and seeing what you're doing. And there will be a day where it's your day, right? And I feel like during quarantine, it was my moment. And I'm just fucking embracing everything, like all of it, you know? And it's just giving me such a push and set standards for me to keep punching high, 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 you know? And you guys need to have the same mentality, whether you're doing a diet, whether you've tried 50 diets, whether you've attempted to create a business, whether you've attempted to create six businesses, whether you're working and you put extra hours and you think your boss doesn't see, there is people that always see. There's people always watching. And if you stick with that mentality, if you stick with that discipline, there is no doubt that one day it's going to be your day where you're like, yes, today is my fucking day and I'm going to embrace all of that shit. Hence why it's so important for us to always, always push and do the best to our ability, you know? Not get disheartened when people don't see. Don't feel... Even when you feel like people don't care, there's always people watching. Always, you know? I think that's something that I've noticed. Something my dad told me when I was younger. When I said, all the times I went to football trials, I went to so many football trials when I was younger. Got disheartened so many times. Cried so many times because I couldn't get into the football clubs when I was like 15, 16. Felt like I was shit. I kept trying. People kept saying no. I kept trying. Kept trying. I kept trying. And you know what? I'm so glad it didn't happen because now I do this. And the stuff, the work rate that I put in then plays a big part in the sort of mentality I have now, which is why I'm always like to people. Have you tried a diet? It hasn't worked yet. You've tried 40 diets. Keep going. You will find the one that works. Eventually, something's going to click, you know? And I think it's just really important to solve that, push for that, you know? I think... um people, us in general, we need to look at more solving problems than making them more complex. And I guess this is one of, this is another example of that. Like, how am I going to solve the fact? How am I going to keep myself busy in here? There's a problem. The problem is I'm here on a tour. I've come here for James's book tour. The problem is quarantine. The problem is... which, by the way, they didn't expect me. Management was like, Dylan, we don't, I don't expect you to do quarantine. So if you don't want to go, that's fine. I'm like, fuck, I'm going, mate. I am said, I'm going. I said, what is that? It's just another problem that we can solve. You know? And solving the problem, me being here, staying sane. And what I've realized people do is, really smart people, is just they simplify problems instead of making them more complex and get them done. And I think that's one mentality that we just have to get better at, you know? I think there's a saying, there's like a saying like, simple people, like, really smart people 
will simplify something and people that are not as smart or not as minded like that usually overcomplicate an issue when really most situations are quite simple it's just tackling it with the right mentality and just holding holding off for a second and solve the problem instead of making it more complex I hope that came across right and I didn't come across as a prick you know don't get me wrong there's a lot of times where I fucking overcomplicate things because I might stress out about something could be something that I really care about which I used to do with football a lot but now I've just kind of like Fuck it. If it works, it works. If it, if it doesn't, it doesn't. You move on and you do um, what you can. And I'm, everyone's like, you're positive. I'm not, I don't think I'm positive. I just keep myself busy. I think positivity is important, but keeping busier is more important. And I think when you're busy, you're more yourself. When you have too much time to think, it can create unnecessary scenarios that you never even thought of. <laughs> I mean, who's had that? <laughs> you must have had that moment where you've had so much time to think and you're creating scenarios. You're creating scenarios and you're even creating fights with people, you know? I've done it before where I've created a fucking fight. Not created a fight, but like, I don't know, say you're seeing someone dating someone, you're like, hey, who the fuck is that? Or who? How do you know that person? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, just creating random shit in your head that you you know that didn't even happen. You're just creating dumb shit. Um, but yeah, so it's just important to stay busy. Um, I wrote some notes here. Someone asked me, was was it tough? There was moments where, um, I'm not gonna lie, it was fine. <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking lie. Nah. Everyone's going to be like, Niren, why are you always so upbeat? I don't, I don't care. It was fucking fine. I had a great time. It was great. It wasn't tough. It's tough if you make it tough. It's plain and simple. It wasn't tough at all. You know? The only tough thing I would say is I can't wait to get fresh air. Other than that, it was fine. It was fine. And I actually don't even know how I'm going to feel when I get out. That's one of my... I'm really intrigued about that. I'm so intrigued of, I don't know how I'm going to feel. Some of the nurses told me, the nurses call you every day. Uh, funny enough, one of them, a uh, couple of them actually, uh, when they called me, they asked me how I am and stuff. Just a, Then they went, just a heads up there. And um, I've been following you on Instagram for a few years. Um, I know you look great on the stories, but I just really want to make sure you're okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Thanks for asking, <laughs> which was pretty fucking cool. And then one of the other nurses that done my last COVID test, um, when she when I opened the door, she was a little bit nervous, and I was like, "What's going on?" She's like, "I've been following you for years," and she was doing my test. That was pretty funny, and um, she's like, "You've been keeping everyone entertained," and I'm like, "Oh fuck, this is so amazing!" Like the hotel and everyone here was so nice to me. Um, they brought me champagne and everything on my last night, which I was actually buzzing about. I wasn't going to drink. That was the only time I drank. Had two drinks. I got smashed on my own in the bath doing a live Q and A on Instagram. That was fun. But um, I don't know how I'm going to feel when I get out. It's weird. Lucy Law told me when she was in here, she was like, when you, um, when they told me you have to leave, she was like, 
I wasn't fully ready. I now know what she means. I don't... I'm ready. But... I don't know if I am. If that makes sense. I don't know what to expect outside. Like, you know, in London. Everyone, UK, everyone's still like... Elbows. No shaking hands. No contact. All of that stuff. Here. Apparently, it's pretty... Apparently, it's pretty normal. So... Someone's going to come to give me a hug or shake my hand. And I'll be like, whoa, big man, back up. So, see how that goes. But um, other than that, I'm actually really, really, really excited to go jiu-jitsu, train, and have a little bit of normality and share that with everyone. I'm, I'm mo- and most, the most thing I'm excited for is to hang out with James again. This is, I can't wait to hang out with James. Because me and him have these moments off social media times where we don't story and all that stuff, where we have like really cool conversations of just friends, you know? And it's nice. You go for a walk, you have this conversation, deep, meaningful conversation that is not forced. You know, you don't just get there, let's go walk, guys, go for a walk and have a deep and meaningful conversation. Like, it's nothing like that. It's just, you go for a walk, you leave your phones and conversations just start flowing and you catch up and because all of these things happen that we experience together. So it's cool to like catch up. And so, haven't been able to do that over the last, it's nearly a year since I've seen him. So it's pretty mental. No matter how many calls you do on Zoom, FaceTime, it's never the same. It's never the same. Which is why I've never had him on the podcast. I'm not going to do a Zoom podcast with Smith. I'm just not going to do that. You know, it'll be in person. It'll just be like, record, go. What's going on, mate? That sort of vibe, you know. And most, oh, I'm so excited for the tour. And anyone that's listening to this, that's coming to the tour, you guys are going to be in for a show. It's going to be so much energy. Especially especially with me opening the shows. It's going to be unfucking believable And this episode was really just about, I don't know, I guess this is like my diary. I don't really write. Social media and the content that I create and the emails that I send and the podcast that I do, I would say is my therapy. And I would say it's definitely kept me sane over the last two weeks. And I want to say thank you guys for listening, watching and sharing and sharing this with me. You know, it's cool because 25 years, 26 years until I was 26, 25. There was a long period of time where I was doing stuff that I knew I had potential to do other things, but I held back. And the minute I'd done that and the support that everyone showed along the way till now, and hopefully for a long time, because I've got a lot of plans in my head and I think it's going to be a big year and I'm going to make that happen. It's going to be lots of good times. And I just want to say thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And now, how long have I got? I've got two hours. No, two and a half hours. And I'm really fucking excited. <laughs> and I can't wait to get out. And it's just going to be such a good time today. So this will probably come out probably release it tomorrow a bit later on don't know but yeah thank you for listening to episode 45 and this is the end of the quarantine chronicles and the next episode of the podcast it will be either with james with sunny or someone else from sydney or just on my own so make sure you listen out for that if you haven't yet liked or subscribed subscribe to the channel Share it with your family and friends. Because the Joel Rogan, the London Joel Rogan is coming. Peace and love. Thank you guys for listening. Bada bim. 
Badaboom. Thank you, guys.